Right, everybody, let's run through this one more time. One yeah. last time. Hi, welcome to the Empty Glass Podcast. This is Matt. This is Stefan. Uh, this is totally not our second attempt making this podcast after it previously being cursed by Stefan. May have or not may have been called a sideways brother. Yeah, you you, you called me that for sure. Um, and like, I don't know if it was just bad luck or what, but OBS totally crashed. I cursed this episode by calling you my sideways brother. <laughs> yeah, which, it didn't even like it didn't even. Re- well, I'm sorry, I bumped my mic twice. Um, it didn't even freaking record anything, even though it said it was recording. Like I couldn't find the file, and um, as I was talking to Matt on Discord, like my computer slowly shut down. Like things just started moving slower and slower, and I couldn't even force quit OBS. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. So like a chain letter from the early 2000s, you are now involved in this podcast. If you do not share it with your friends, you will have your penis grow one inch shorter each day until you share with friends. At least five friends. Yeah, five people. You too will be a sideways brother if you do not like, share, and follow. (laughs) Enough of the sideways brother stuff. So anyway, how are you doing? Good. Good. So... Uh, before our podcast stream completely died on us, uh, I wanted to bring up a topic we I feel like you and I have not really talked about a lot, and I feel like maybe it's time we give it our attention, you know? Okay, what's up? I want to talk about Star Wars and Disney. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That's, that's one of my fucking things, too. Okay, so what's up? Is your Okay, is your thing over the whole like weird Star Wars announcement by like Kathleen Kennedy and like a whole... Just like... I, apparently the Lucasfilms quote unquote owned by Disney had a big meeting to get get together thing and came out with some hashtag groundbreaking ideas. Was that one of your topics? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the big wigs at Lucasfilm who run star Wars got together in a little powwow session and came out of it all jazzed up with some earth shattering, uh, Realizations, you know, real third eye opening kind of shit. Uh, the first of which being that the trilogies are not the path they want to go. They want to focus on an expanded story, which is a very nice way to say they want to copy Marvel and just have an expanded universe and rake in a lot of money. <laughs> uh, which fucking bold statement, Cotton. Let's see if it pays out for them. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see the results. But it's just really dumb to say that because that's what they are already doing. Yeah, they, they've been I thought doing this that. was established kind of already that um, to me, Rise of the Skywalker kind of seemed like it was the last, like, okay, we're done with movies. Well, and it's, well no, no, they still have like movies planned. Like they still plan on doing a Tekawakiti movie and then the Ginny, what's her name? Ginny something movie. Um, but they still plan on doing those, but they still want to do the shows as well, which they're putting all their money behind. But the, the thing is, is like it Star Wars being a trilogy is not a bad thing. That wasn't the reason it was wrong with it. The reason that it went poorly for them is because it had no guide whatsoever. Like it wasn't written out beforehand. That's that's why that shit didn't work. So regardless if you do a trilogy or an expanded universe, as long as you have some sort of roadmap, you'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Um I think it's just more so that they're done with the whole Skywalker saga too. Like they're done telling stories in that time frame. So even if they, even if they, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of doubt it too. So that leads to the other thing. 
Uh, they said, you know, they looked at the solo movie. They said, you know what? Recasting beloved characters just doesn't work. It's like, it's not that. In fact, I it's getting to the point that I'm almost wishing they would recast rather than uh, do the CGI likeness and shit. Um, the, the main issue with Solo was that it just... It, it answered a lot of questions no one really gave a shit about. At the right. end of the day, we've talked about this. Solo was actually a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. I actually I liked it more than Rogue One, probably. And probably I liked it more than some of the Star Wars movies, like the main Star Wars line movies. Yeah, I agree. Certainly, certainly better than two and six in my book, and that's pretty fucking high. Yeah. Um, but the the main issue is like, oh, so you're by yourself. I'll call you Solo. <laughs> so it's just like. It's like the issue wasn't that you recasted. It wasn't that you recasted on Solo to a different actor. It's just you did it in a really shitty way. And then you didn't have any backbone to doing it. Like you, you bailed on it pretty immediately. Yeah. And also it, the movie was directed by somebody else and then picked up halfway through and put together. And usually when that, usually when that happens in a movie, it, it wastes a lot of time in, in the mid-production. So, of course, it, it's not as good as it could have been because it was gutted halfway through and then restored with some, some other internals, you know? Right. Are you, are you in agreement? I'm, I agree. Yeah. So, I, I think I'm being fair this time around. I'm usually very critical, but I'm, saying, I'm being fair and saying uh, their reasoning is a little off. But, you know, whatever works for them, because regardless, they're going to do whatever they want either way. Yeah. So, um, did that pretty much cover your topic on that? Yeah, that was pretty much the same thing I was going to say. I mean, I, I would have, de- I mean, uh, Solo is a good example of like a recast opposed to doing, you know, of course the CGI and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad that they're moving away from the usual shit. It seems like finally they're like, okay, time to go into expanded universe type stuff. But I agree too. It's, it's kind of just going the way of Marvel it's not a huge revelation, you know. This is kind of where we all saw it going in the first place. So they also think, announced uh, um, a Jedi Fallen Order two with potentially survival, new, right? Um, yeah, so potentially with a new protagonist. Not, it's not a bad idea. Um, I, I'm just, and this is the same thing with the Star Wars thing. Is like, I'm hoping they just take us to either a completely different location in the universe or a completely different time period. Uh, I feel like for such a quote-unquote expansive universe, we've been pretty bottlenecked in the same area code for too long. And yeah. you know, I need I need like a Knights of the Old Republic where it's like a completely different time period. I need like uh, you know Jedi fall uh, Jedi Academy type shit. Like I need something different. Get some get some space between all those old actors and whatnot, all the old stories. That's if you want to refresh Star Wars, it's probably the way to do it. Because honestly, uh, and you know, had this conversation before, but it's just I think not just me. A lot of people are getting burnt out on the expanded universes. It's just it's becoming a lot, and especially you know when it was just Marvel, it was kind of maintainable. But if it's going to be Star Wars, it's going to be DC, it's going to be this and that. Like it gets really tiring. It gets it gets exhausting to keep up with that many shows, and they're basically shows, just long shows at this point. It's basically it's hard to keep up with all that at the same time. Totally. And they don't make it easy either with like the a million announcements for all kinds of different shows. Um, I was going to point out that like the Jedi Academy games and the, oh, what's the other one? 
Jedi oh. Outcast, um, Jedi Academy and Jedi Outcast, those actually take place like alongside Luke Skywalker's story. But I totally agree with Knights of the Old Republic. Like the a big reason why I loved those games when I played them, um, I played them on PC because PC didn't have fucking video games back in the day. Let's be honest. You had Half-Life 2, Half-Life 1, and that's about it. Um, so... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic opened this whole new door because it was the same game as it was on the Xbox and the PlayStation 2. And um, even though it was like, you know, your Bioware, Mass Effect-esque RPG, you know, you literally have to like click on enemies and you just kind of attack and you don't have any buttons to actually attack. They did introduce that in Knights of the Old Republic 2. And I'm talking about like the OG ones. and That was pretty cool. Yeah, but, yeah. But the expanded universe going into like Darth Malik and then the other guy, I can't remember his name right now. Um, Revan. Revan. Yeah. Darth Revan and Malik. Um, like those are very interesting characters. They had a lot of depth. I think the twist was cool in the first Knights of the Republic. I don't remember. I don't remember the second one as much as I remember the first one. Um, I actually played the second one all the way through first before the first one. So I actually, I was more, yeah, my, my introduction to video games as a kid was kind of dumb. It's like some games I played the second one first. Same for like Kingdom Hearts 2. I beat that first before I beat Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Knights of the Republic 2 is still pretty bopping. I think Kira, uh, there's no there's no good twist in the second game like there is the first game. The first game definitely has a really good twist in there um, that is excellent storytelling. Yeah, it, They should just copy yeah. and paste it, man. And on that on that topic of marvel i wanted to talk about uh stan lee stan lee i mean i oh. love i love stan lee totally but well no. i have a stan lee topic but what's your marvel topic we'll I, we'll I stay wanted, in that we'll stay in that area i wanted to just take a moment to talk about she hulk attorney at law <laughs> holy shit is it how the cgi is awful no i just it's just a funny name man it's just a great name it reminds me of david oh. spitterman attorney at law which is a deep cut for like the d fear fans on youtube or harvey birdman attorney at law or harvey birdman attorney at law. harvey birdman attorney but i'm like i'm law. like it's just a silly concept and uh it could be fun but attorney at law being part of the title i'm like oh my god well it's i guess it's supposed to be quirky or whatever uh, I'm firmly kind of off the uh, the Marvel show button, even the movie. Like, I kind of want to see Doctor Strange because, you know, once again, Sam Raimi. But, like, at the same time, haven't felt the need for it. So I, I think I'm actually beginning my my diehard departure from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including the shows. Mm -hmm. um, and also, She-Hulk was never really interesting to me uh because the interesting thing about the hulk is that he completely loses his shit and it becomes an unstoppable machine that is kind of terrifying at the same time that was what kind of made it interesting where she hulk is i you know and also frankly i've I've never really had any context of comics that she's really showed up in like i, I haven't really seen her on the pages that often but just looking at her from the outside like the fact that someone is able to control the hulk powers kind of takes away from the fact that bruce banner is like such a traumatic character like he is, he's like, you know, he's a cursed existence type thing. And then she, you know, you get every other version of the Hulk. It's like, oh, I have full control now. It's like, okay, well, it takes away, it takes away my personal appeal. And I think that comes down to like horror movie things. It's like Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde type thing of it's terrifying that he loses control and that he, you know, could save someone one second, but then also destroy an entire town the next second. Yeah. 
I'm also on that same kind of like I just don't know what I want to watch anymore. Hey, there's this like series out with um, Mike Myers that looks pretty interesting, and I just learned about it before we started recording this podcast. I saw a clip about it on uh, YouTube, and uh, Shrek saves him at one point during the during that show. That's the same clip I saw. That's so funny. I think it's just trending, and so I guess we both saw it, and it's like, oh, okay. Like I I don't recall seeing a trailer for that at all, but yeah, it looks interesting. Looks love guru. Uh, yeah, looks dumb, but yeah. No, I'm looking up. I'm looking up what it's called. It's a weird name. It's like pan pan something. Penta Petrosa. Pineapple in the pack factory. Oh, well, Hogan. Okay, hold on. I'll let you find the name for it, but then I'm going to go into my stand. I think it's called it's called the Pentaverin. That's it. Yes. Okay, so Stanley, uh, in case you did not hear, um, Marvel has acquired the rights to Stanley's lightness, which basically means we may potentially get CGI Stanley cameos in future Marvel stuff, which is no. gross. No. No. Stop them now. We need a fucking petition or something. I don't know. If I, do I think there needs need to be some sort of fucking law that they can't do that like movie companies not just disney but movie companies need to stop using the cgi likenesses of people who are dead there like, does. Lo- it needs, there just needs to be like the families i guess are the ones who get to decide at the end but i mean it, it needs to go further than that because it's not enough the person's dead they have no fucking say oh that's that's a gross thought i don't like that maybe hopefully they'll just be using his likeness on t-shirts and shit and that's why they bought the likenesses no i mean knowing disney like i'm pretty sure they may do something more but at the very most like have a have a picture of stanley have like a little framed picture of him in each movie like somewhere hidden like have his you know when you when you see a superhero flying through the city but then you look in the far background and like the trees or buildings kind of line up to make Stanley for a hot second, like a blink and you miss it. Like little literal Easter eggs, not fucking flat in your face. Here's an Easter egg. Let me rub it in there for you. Like all those Marvel movies do is like, no, just a legitimate Easter egg that you have to search for Stanley in each one. Like that can be charming. And I'm not saying a person or a body, just an image, his likeness hidden somewhere in the movie. That's more acceptable. That's more fun. And it's not as gross in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Because it's like it's a memorialization of him at that point, and they're not just blatantly CGIing him onto a yeah, character. Yeah, he's literally a part of his movies without, you know, Disney r- raking in money for a corpse. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it either way. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's know, the thing. You at, know. at the end of the day, like, you know, some fan out there will be like, oh. Stanley gets to live on forever in his Marvel movies. It's like, nah, dude, it's gross. Just let, let the man be dead. <laughs> yep. It, it's weird. Um, speaking of which, I, um, I showed my girlfriend into the Spider-Verse for the first time yesterday. She had never seen it. Oh, yeah. What did she think? Oh, she loved it. She thought it was so good. And... God damn, I've seen Spider-Verse probably at least 15 times by now. And Lord knows I probably talked about it on the podcast a lot. But you just you watch that movie in comparison with like other like m- comic book movies and stuff like that. And it's done so well. Like 
the Marvel formula, and I'm going to pick on Marvel here for a second. Don't get me wrong. DC just has shitty, just straight up shitty movies. I don't think Marvel has a straight up shitty movie. DC certainly has them, but the Marvel formula usually consists of all these fucking constant nods and winks, uh, not just towards like its own property, but like other properties, like all the time. And it's like, oh, look at this. Oh, your name's Doc Ock. Wink, wink. Whereas Into the Spider-Verse just has fucking really good writing. Every line that is said in the first half of that movie is said in a completely different context with a completely different amount of growth to the character. Like, it's almost like a mirror from the first half to the second half and how just er almost every fucking line is repeated in a different way. It's so good. Like, that's, that's how you make a fucking reference to something. It's as a... One a character at one time period being completely different and saying it in a different aspect the next period. That's so good. I think it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I, I definitely think so for me too. And it's probably one of the number one movies I've watched the most because that movie is just a joy to watch every single time. And uh, what the latest thing I noticed, not this past viewing, but the I think probably one before then, I never noticed it was that, um, the you know, the Prowler's theme, the... Like the fucking heavy synth shit. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know he when he tell when he dies. Spoilers. Uh, he tells Miles like you're the best of all of us. And then as Miles has his big moment of learning to swing, that line is repeated, and it has the Prowler's theme leading up into the What's Up Danger. So that song has integrated into Miles just as Uncle Aaron is a part of him. He's the best of all of them, but he's still a part. So that's I love how it transitions his song kind of into Miles's theme of his big yep. moment. Fucking yeah. brilliant. That's so good. It's not just a beautiful fucking movie. It's written and thought out so lovingly. And I wish a slice of that can be like in any of these other fucking properties, these other 30 movies that exist. Uh, hopefully it's just a matter of time. I mean, they're working on the sequel for it and they're delaying it till next year. So thank God. Uh, part one and part two. Yeah. But so we're getting part three one movies. Was, part one was supposed to come out this year. That's fine. Take your time with it. I, you know, take fucking five years with it. I don't care. Like, I'd rather wait than get a rushed out, like, lazy attempt. Well, I'm glad I, your girlfriend enjoyed Spider-Verse because uh, it's a great movie. And everyone yeah, should see it. If she didn't like it, I probably would have broke up with her on the spot, honestly. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, going on with, let's talk about some technology. It's kind of turned the tides a little bit here. Um, I got a couple of technology things I want to talk about and I might yeah, just kind of gloss over them cause there's a lot of them. So somewhat of a speed round here. I have a shitload of topics. So, uh, the Apple VR headset, have you heard about it? No, but I guess it's about, ah, excuse me. It's about time. They started uh, making some. Something got hiccups. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, you're good. Um, yeah, it's like an augmented reality headset, kind of um, along the same lines as the Microsoft HoloLens, mm, mm -hmm. which I think was a very interesting take on VR when the HoloLens was announced. If any of the listeners don't know what I'm talking about, it's super long and involved. Don't watch the whole thing. You don't have to and expect you to. But back in like 2013, 14, maybe 15, Microsoft came out with this technology called HoloLens, which uses augmented reality instead of like VR. VR meaning, you know, you put on the Oculus or whatever and you're in that world, you're fully immersed. Whereas AR, augmented reality, means you can wear these goggles, these glasses, this headset, and the world around you actually kind of becomes the game. 
so it's a mixture of what's in front of you for real and a game. It's it's just a cool concept. So um, the idea mm-hmm. behind Apple's VR headset is that it's going to be both a VR headset and an augmented reality headset. So you can have different games, different um, functions for it. It might be cool for, I think, like game developers or even CAD designers and stuff to be able to like put on the, this headset and use their hands. I don't think they're actually going to do a set of controllers. They might for like the VR experience, but augmented reality is just going to use your hands. And, you know, be able to, like, build stuff on the table in augmented reality. You know, you see, if you watch the Microsoft HoloLens announcement, one of the coolest parts of it, if you could, like, just skip around, is the Minecraft presentation, where you're actually able to build a Minecraft world on this table wearing these lenses. And, of course, the way it's shot is that the cameras were equipped with HoloLenses as well, so they could see what the wearer is seeing. So it's just a cool experience uh, overall. So, I don't know, it's kind of exciting. Um, I'm sure it's going to be overpriced and not work that well when the first one comes out. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, yeah, I think it's time that they try at least. And if they can make it a way that's digestible for a lot of people, easy to use, I kind of would like it if they would stay away from controllers, even if they do uh, VR. It'd be really cool if they could just find a way to make IR blasters, shoot the hands and, you know. Because like we talked about in a previous episode, looks like people are kind of going back to the IR technology for motion capture using Xbox One uh, Kinect sensors. So right. hopefully that's the future of VR here. Um, well, the thing is, is like... we were talking about a few weeks ago. Yeah, like that's that sounds really interesting. And, and I think the blend of VR and AR um, is a really cool concept. And I, I actually, you know... I, I guess it really comes down to what you're playing, but I think for the mass majority, I would rather have a controller of some sort in my hands um, because hand control, like, you know, if you have guns on your hands, whatever like that, you don't get vibration feedback and vibration, like, you know, kind of response or the thought of you're holding something along with your character who's usually holding a sword, a gun or something of some sort. I think at the end of the day, I would want to have something in my hands for the immersion purposes. Um, but I'm, I'm the way I think of that, like the dream scenario and how that would work and be awesome is, do you remember the ghost recon game, uh, for PlayStation connect when they first show that off, like how you could break apart your gun, literally switch out every single piece. Uh, yeah, I think I remember that. Like how fucking cool would it be that, you know, you have, let's just say you have, uh, you know, the Oculus S controllers where they're just in both hands. You don't have like a single controller or whatever, but, and you're playing on the TV or whatever, you have the headset on, you're playing through there, but then you look down to your hands. And at that point, that's when like the AR kicks in and you could just swap out different, like you swap out a flashlight, swap out a muzzle or like a silencer on your gun. And then you go back up and you're in the VR aspect at that point. That could could be really fucking cool. Um, and I looked it up right now. It is, in fact, a VR AR headset, and apparently they're trying to use this technology in their car. How about you get it working in a household before a car first? Right. Oh, no, well, the yes. idea the idea is that you would have a surround screen in the car, so you yes, can decide I'm sorry. what you see. I have actually seen a prototype or a concept of how they want the AR for cars to work, which is very cool. Um, I mean, basically, like, you know, Google Maps would essentially work like if you need to go one direction, you'd have a literal line on your screen while driving that will point you like like a video game. Like it would be on a line you see on the road that will guide you where you need to go, which is uh, pretty cool. 
Yeah, I, it's cool. just uh, I mean it's a matter of time. This is all down the line and stuff. But uh, if you do look up the uh, the what they think the design is for this VR AR headset, it's really low profile. It's really nice. It's like a pair of goggles you put on. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, and like I said, you put those goggles on. You're playing a video game on your TV. Then you switch down, do whatever AR shit you need to do, like outside of it, and then you bring that into the video game immediately. That would just be just a really cool concept. I don't yeah. know how every developer would develop around that. But, but yeah, it's up to know. the software. It's up to the software and how the developer tools are on that device. Imagine like a fucking magician game where like your AR aspect of it is you look down at a magic spell book and you pick out your literal spells you're going to use and like hook it up to your inventory that you use in the game. God, that conceptually wise, it's so fucking cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually probably one of the coolest things that Apple has announced in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't fuck it up, Apple. And also, I don't, uh, I don't know if they will. Share your shit. <laughs> I don't know if they will. Apparently, a lot of the board members and early testers are like, "This is pretty quite. This is pretty pretty much like the quintessential VR experience." And I'm like, "Cool," because if we can get away from Oculus and Facebook and Meta owning that shit, I'd rather give yeah. Apple my money and my personal information. You know what? You know how I am against Apple. I agree. <laughs> Thank I'd you. I'd rather Apple have it. Yep. Finally, we agree on something. Um, <laughs> continuing, continuing with some tech news here. Um, hey, but this has been a, a fairly agreeable fucking talk we've had today. This is probably yeah. the most agreeable podcast. I think so. Oh my that's, god, is this part? Huh? This is part of the curse. Oh, it's part of the curse, bro. It's because you called me your sideways brother. Yeah, I should call you my sideways brother more often. Look how like in sync we are. That's nice. So, um, continuing on with with uh, <laughs> with fucking um, tech news, I'm gonna get another. I'm gonna get a kind of a boring one out of the way right now. But uh, Wi-Fi Seven has been announced, which is basically Wi-Fi Six, but way fucking better. Um, for example, on Wi-Fi Six, which is what a lot of devices use nowadays, um, the max theoretical bandwidth is nine point six gigabits per second. Um, with Wi-Fi 7, that is increased to 46.1 gigabits per second. So, I mean, that is a uh, three times increase. So, 16 by 16 is what I'm reading here um, at 320 megahertz. So, double the megahertz um, per second. And also, uh, what is that a difference of from 46 to nine? I'm not, I'm no good at math. Fucking that's a difference of like 30. It's a 37% increase. Um, so that's Damn. pretty sweet. Um, and I think what that might do is open the door for better 4k content to come through. Hopefully providers will jump on it like Google fiber and AT&T fiber and whoever else that fuck does fiber. Um, and hopefully it will help us, download fucking games man <laughs> you know even here on a gigabit internet uh it still takes a while for sure for shit to update for shit to download uh for shit to upload it still takes a while so um so, I'm very excited for that has your um have you noticed if like your xbox is your your newest xbox is the quickest download out of every other system you have yes absolutely I don't know what it is specifically. Like, I don't know what fucking upgrade I could put in my computer, do the same shit. But like my PlayStation five, like I just bought a, um, a two terabyte SSD for my PlayStation five yesterday and installed it. So that way I can get some fucking room for games and shit. Right. And, uh, I had a complete misconception about how the external hard drive works for the PlayStation five. So I'm also set up on there. Um, basically quick run through in case anyone doesn't know, this is old news. If you're, 
If you have a external hard drive on your PlayStation 5, PlayStation does support it. The only thing is for PlayStation 5 games, they have to be archived on that external hard drive. So if you ever want to play them, you pretty much have to move them from the, hard, the external hard drive to the main console and install it in order for it to be there. But for PlayStation 4 games, you can play straight off the hard drive. So if you're in my position, which I had a PlayStation 4 that had an external hard drive of five terabytes, which had all my games, I think like 150 or so, you can literally unplug it and then plug it into your PlayStation 5. You don't have to reformat it since it runs off the same kind of uh, related software and just immediately have all of your PS4 games available and ready to play on your PlayStation 5. That which is I, fucking cool. I Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, so I was doing that earlier today and it was working pretty solid. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's great. Nice. And all, so all my PlayStation 5 games go on the... Uh, two terabyte SSD, SSD, which also has a higher processing power as well. So those PS5 games are going to start running fucking buttery smooth and just super quick, even did quicker you, than the base PlayStation 5. Question. Did you buy a new M.2 SSD to put in your PS5? Yes. Cool. Yeah, that's the way to go. M.2 is what I hope everybody starts using because that's what the Series X has. And uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, for your PC to answer your question, if you could get similar results on your PC, um, the thing to do is to get a new network card and use a dedicated network card because you can probably buy one with Wi-Fi 7 and it also has an Ethernet hookup and I would hook that bitch up to the Ethernet 100%. Yeah, well, the thing is I'm hooked up to the Ethernet right now. I'm hooked directly into my... Uh, right, but the board that's on that computer may not support Wi-Fi 7 or that high of a bandwidth right because i mean obviously your pc i mean your ps5 has a newer wi-fi card in it it probably has a higher bandwidth uh gap so i'll help you yeah. find it i'll help you find a wi-fi card oh thanks honey you're welcome continuing with news on tech um the z flip 4 has been announced uh it has a new hinge it's going to have a new screen and it's also going to have a bigger battery and a better camera for those who had the shitty experience with the z flip 3 um if you remember from a previous episode if the viewers don't remember here let me refresh you the we talked about the z flip 3 actually you know here we are six months later to a year later actually i think from when the z flip 3 came out People are finding that where the screen folds, it's starting to get a micro crack and actually like shed glass into people's fingers. So that's no fucking bueno. And Samsung seems to acknowledge that and they're moving on with the Z Flip 4 design. The only thing I wish and can hope for for the Z Flip 3 owners is that Samsung will give you guys some sort of a discount, even if you have a fucked up phone because of its crappy, crappy design. Folding glass just never works. Um, so hopefully they do something different. I hope they make the screen out of a different material than glass. That might be the answer. Um, but what this points to is that they're making a patent with Apple. So if this technology is good, I feel like the Z flips are like the tester of the market, right? It's dipping your toes in the water. If the Z flip four is successful, I could see a folding iPhone four in the next few years or iPhone four, iPhone 14 or 15. Yeah, there you go. Five. I was like, come on, buddy. You got to go a little higher than yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't 2008 anymore. We got the fucking iPhone 15 now and shit. God damn it. No question. Would you prefer an iPhone that is like, take your current iPhone and fold that in half. Like the base was a square that unfolded to the size you currently have it. Or would you prefer a phone that is currently your size, the normal iPhone that would then unfold to a bigger screen. 
I am more on team fold into a smaller profile. And in fact, I would almost wish that if they did make it, I would rather have it my size that folds in a, in a horizontal line across the screen while you're holding it vertically. So it folds down. Oh, like a little out. square basically. Yeah. It goes yeah. into a little square. I would prefer that because I miss flipping a phone open or close to answer a call. I think that's just one of the fucking coolest things that we got to experience in our earlier days. Um, and it also just is less bulk in my pocket. Uh, yeah, it might increase the thickness of the device overall, but I mean, still, it takes up a smaller amount of room in my pocket. Well, the thing is, if, if it is a square, then ideally it would be thinner when you bust it out, but, uh, that may sacrifice a good camera or something. But the, the point is, is that I think I'm, you and I are in the same boat once again, this is the cursed episode of the Into Glass where we actually agree with each other uh, that, you know, we have so much tech spread out through, you know, most people have so much tech spread out through them. A lot of people now have smart watches to some degree. A lot of people use like earbuds or Bluetooth earphones. And it's just, it's not really, you know, putting a phone up to your fucking ear is not the main thing people do anymore. Or if it is, it's at a much smaller ratio than it was 10 years ago. You know, people can just have an earbud in, hit, answer button or put their phone on speakers. So it's like, why not deduct from the general size of things to something simpler, but still keep the option that if you want to watch something, because that's, that's the biggest thing for me. I like to watch things on my phone, um, like YouTube videos, being able to unfold it from its small profile where it easily fits in your pocket would be a nice little touch. I agree. I miss my iPhone 12 mini, uh, on many occasions, uh, on many occasions. Ha, <laughs> I see what I did there. <sighs> but you know what I mean? Um, just because, <laughs> yeah, it was just nice. It was nice to use with one hand. It felt reasonable. Um, watching stuff on it didn't bother me. Uh, but watching, definitely, watching porn on it? <laughs> no. But like, definitely now, <laughs> having the bigger screen, having this bigger footprint, it's not like that much bigger. So I'm used to it again. I'm used to having the bigger phone. So... But I agree. I mean, I think that they should give you options, um, just like how there's a Z Flip and there's the Z Fold, right? And those are two different phones. Um, mm -hmm. And they, the only difference is that they fold in different directions. So I think um, overall we're heading the right direction, and at least Samsung has kind of um, been like, all right, we fucked up. We're working on the next thing already. Like I said, though, I can just only hope and pray that Samsung will... Uh, give a rebate or help the people out who own the Z Flip 3s who are having these issues because you can make a new phone, but if you're just also blatantly ignoring the previous generation, you're an asshole. And, you know, uh, Xbox, when the 360 first came out, they got to experience that wrath firsthand. So don't make the same mistake. Samsung, do not make the same mistake that Xbox did or Microsoft did back in like 2005. It's just yeah, don't but, do but it. The thing is, is like these guys. These companies can survive without having to do any kind of grand gestures. I mean, Xbox survived. Uh, Samsung had the exploding phone fiasco, which they survived from that as well. So who knows? It may happen. It may not. I hope it does, because that just generally would be a cool thing to do. Um, it would be a nice thing for them to do. But, you know, you can't can't guarantee. Yeah, you can't put your money on that shit. Yes, that's a much better word. I want to the much better phrase, if you will. So, Stefan, being the biggest fan of Daredevil, how do you feel about Daredevil returning? He's, like, officially a part of the MCU now, or what? I didn't say that. Uh, oh, fucking. So, my phone 
all, my phone and all the news sources have been blowing up saying a new quote unquote Daredevil series is moving forward to Disney Plus with Matt Corman and Chris Ord attached to write and executive produce. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really read through it because it's just literally a, a pop up thing. But, you know, allegedly they're going to bring back Charlie Cox, who was the Daredevil in the original show. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same show. I mean, I think even phrasing it as a new Daredevil sh- series is a is not as strong enough point as it is. But it's disappointing because I thought the original Daredevil show had some amazing writing and was very very good. So uh, I'd rather just kind of let Sleeping Dogs lie on that one. But I don't know. I agree, but I also kind of disagree as far as the writing goes for the previous Daredevil. I feel like season three was a complete letdown. I really didn't like the girl, you the actually, blonde oh, girl. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, of course. I really didn't like the fucking blonde girl. Um, Aaron. Whatever her name was, man. She was just, I don't know. Like, okay, I got my opinions on the show, but overall, it was still a big step in the right direction. And uh, yeah, it was it was a cool show. Um, I agree with you. If they're going to remake it or redo it, that or they're saying it's a new Daredevil show, that insinuates that things are going to be different. And knowing, I don't know. I mean, apparently, like, no spoilers or anything. Um, and if you don't want spoilers for Doctor Strange, uh, don't, you know, skip through this part. Skip, like, literally 60 seconds ahead because I'm just going to spit it out right now in three, two, one. But, like, people dying a bunch in Doctor Strange, you know, like, some pretty graphic deaths might lead to some more um, adult-oriented stuff through Disney. So, that's i don't know they they might still keep it fucking gory and stuff because they have that daredevil seasons one through three on disney plus right now you have to like put in your zip code to prove that you're 18 or some stupid shit but uh i did it and yeah the daredevil all the luke cage is on there all the um let's just say let's just say all the the netflix marvel adaptations are the defenders the defenders series the the defenders series is now on disney plus uh unedited raw uh it was edited for like a hot second apparently yeah i heard about that but then they came back and were like okay fuck it we can't Uh, oops sorry we were just testing something out we were just trying to be a little less graphic Uh, and then uh, there was like some fucking mom posts where uh, this makes me think like, do, do news networks actually have nothing else better to fucking shove in my face? But it's like, you know, someone apparently was like Disney adding. I hope Disney's happy because them adding these shows, whatever has killed their family vibe forever or has tarnished their family vibe. It's like they give a shit about money. That's that's all it is. They stop imagining it to be some moral high ground. It's just fucking business for these people. Like, yes, they do. They have some very talented people working on their stuff and have some well-hearted people and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're just a business. You got to stop fucking putting your morals on a business. And, and if you want your kids to have morals, you fucking do it yourself. Boom. Could have said it better myself. No, say it better yourself. Go ahead. Stop bitching, everybody. Uh, I would have accepted to stop bitching in my kitchen, but yeah, that also will do. <laughs> well, um, mm, talking about disappointing shows. Empty or glass. people people being, yeah, the empty glass, man. First oh, off, wait. Matt fucking sucks. He's just a piece of shit, you know, in general. He's like, God, he's <laughs> always arguing with Stefan and like always arguing with people in chat. Like he's such a dick. Honestly, I can't stand him. And then Stefan's always cutting off Matt, fucking bitch. 
Yeah, then he is all handsome and shit. It's really annoying and distracting. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, but speaking of just people being disappointed, uh, the wait, Halo wait, series... Wait, wait, before Halo. I knew... You knew I'm we sorry. were going here. I knew you were going to Halo, but before, I just had a quick question for you, still involving Daredevil, because you were, you're watching Moon Knight, right? Um, I, st- I haven't seen anything since, like, episode three. Oh, okay. Well, well, I guess that was an idea of it. That that show was kind of advertised as possibly being a little bit more brutal. Is it any thing close to Daredevil, or is it just more kind of Marvel general bloody? And I, I don't know, man. I haven't watched it enough to 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 know. That's fair. Okay, we'll hold off on that. We'll put a pin in it. Maybe I'll check out Moon Knight because everyone's bugging me to watch it. So yeah, uh, uh, it was good from what I watched, and I just never picked it back up. Yeah, let's rip into Halo. Okay, so uh, spoilers for anybody who gives a fucking shit about Halo. Good luck finding that. And I got uh, this is this is going to be kind of more of a lengthy pod podcast topic. Um, we are at the forty minute mark. Actually, we missed our middle plug, so I want to remind everybody to go to www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. That way, you can find us on all of the podcast apps. www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. Okay, now so in a Halo, fuck man. People are really upset with it. Um, some people, of course, still like it. I don't know how they fathom the strength. People um, have been upset with it since before it even came out. Like, can yeah. people, are people getting but, but more I have upset? A, but I have a couple. Yeah, people can get more upset. It's very possible. So Pablo, 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 the guy who plays fucking John Halo in the, in the, in the Halo TV show, uh, Johnny Rings. Um, posted a post on Instagram of him like in the halo suit and stuff. And he's like, we've won all these kinds of awards. Thank you guys so much. All this shit. And I'm paraphrasing. Okay. So don't anybody who's listening to this episode, don't fucking kill me. And I'm not trying to be a saint for this guy. This is got, this guy's a human being that we don't know. Okay. Um, he goes on to say in this Instagram post, he's like, for all the fans, thank you so much, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes for all the haters, out there who have not followed us along on this journey, um, you know, and want to see improvement and stuff. I I love y'all too. And any criticism y'all have, like I will accept it and I'm going to try to be a better master chief going forward or something like that, something along those lines. And uh, I've, I've never felt it. See, he started. Okay. And then that goes into him replying to comments on his own Instagram. Um, People would be like, Hey, you know, like, I think you're a pretty good chief, but like, take off your helmet. Don't take off your helmet so much and stuff like that. Like that's, that's one of the most common criticisms anyways. And he comes back and he's like, well, that's just your opinion Bye, like the buy emoji. And I don't know, somebody else said, Hey, come on. Like, why don't y'all just do the story from the games, you know, or whatever. And he was like, that's not my job. Sorry, you don't like it, but that's just your opinion type shit. I'm like, dude, how can you say that you're accepting of criticism? And then when you're given it, you literally just make excuses over and over. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Well, the thing is, is like, and this comes from a guy who's not watched the show at all. And I'm sure there may be other kind of comments. Literally, the two comments you gave are completely out of his control. Like, well, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, that's cool. I, that's 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 cool. But, um, you know, I actually I actually commented on this. Um, and all I said was this. I said. Hey man, like I like how you say you love the haters and then you'll try to get better. And then when you are turned around to, you turn it around into that's just your opinion. That's not my job. I know, dude, actors have say power. They totally do. And all I said was, 
you definitely have to have some sort of say power. And it's just blatantly disrespectful to say that you'll accept criticism and then shut it down. Just even at the very least say, you're right, or, you know, I'll work on it. I said, when it comes down to it, you're a good chief. I just wish the writers didn't make this the Pornhub version of Halo. Not your fault, but it's coming from 343, and it just makes me sad. <laughs> it's I, what it feels like. It feels like the Pornhub version of Halo. I mean... And, and, I mean, so, and let me lead this into the last episode, because you don't know what's happened. Let me Let me lead you up, okay? So... Um, I'm watching a trailer for the finale. It looks like he busts out two plasma pistols, which is neato. Okay, so let me tell you about what happens if if you care to hear, or if not, we'll just fucking. I'm curious. Move on. Okay. Master Chief goes to, I believe it's Planet Reach, to get these artifacts onto some sort of a ship. Spartan Kai, the girl who also took out her like emotional inhibitor chip or whatever gets compromised and master chief is basically surrounded by a bunch of brutes and a bunch of covenant blah 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 he decides this is how the this is how the season one ends okay he decides to sacrifice himself he decides to die so cortana can become master chief she then continues to kick ass as john he never takes off his helmet and never speaks a word again. And the episode ends with Spartan Kai and John like getting on the Pelican with the Forerunner artifact and Spartan Kai being like, are you okay? And Master Chief doesn't say a single line and just looks in the camera and they cut. And that's how it ends. So they're, they're bringing on the silent protagonist shit for Master Chief by basically copping out and saying like, okay, now Cortana's Master Chief. It's just the most wild, ridiculous, fucking blatant piece of shit, goddamn twist that they could have ever thought of. It's just, it's so stupid to me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so fucking vulgar to this stupid show, but it makes me so angry. Somebody made a comment, which I agree with 100%. I haven't heard a comment this good in a long time. But what this person said, I don't have it, I'm paraphrasing yet again, is along the lines of, a thing that made Halo so great is that it was the machine, that the human was the machine, and that the AI was actually humanizing the machine, that the, the computer was more human than the human was. And that was one of the most interesting aspects about Halo. And they have completely fucked that up from, from the bottom to the top. All I can hope for is that they wipe the slate clean. I would still be cool with Pablo, whatever his name is, playing Master Chief, but they just need to fucking follow lore. They need to follow lore, goddammit. I'm tired of this half-assed attempt. We've waited since... I've waited since 2009 to see a decent representation of Halo, and this is just unexcusably bad. Well, buddy, you have it in video games. I know we've had this conversation. Of course. Then. No, I know, I know, man, but I'm talking about a live action, like a fucking movie, okay? Like a movie. It, it, it's nice that, like, even though Batman has issues, at least it's still a fucking great portrayal, like, to me, and it's not that doesn't have that many issues to other people. I still think it's a great portrayal of the character. I still think it's a great Batman movie. It's just... Come on, why can't we get that for fucking Halo? How hard is it? How hard is it to have somebody just not talk that much? Or let's not go into the emotional background of a character that's supposed to kind of be a brick wall to start. And then you slowly chisel away at the brick wall and see, oh, fuck, there's a human in, there's a human in there. Certain things that Chief does along the original Halo timeline, it humanizes him. And people are like, oh, shit, there's the human. 
but they lost their opportunity of of doing any of that with the show and i don't know it's just it's sad by the way i'm on his twitter pablo schreiber by the way uh schreiber? i didn't see it's on I his think... it's on his instagram and it's, oh, it's instagram. from a while ago okay. well whatever it's fine uh but yeah i mean i think his i think his post was fair uh, i think his response was also fair like if someone was like hey maybe just be like a little bit more you know not as freaked out looking when a scare when a scared scene is happening or whatever like when a crazy thing is happening with your helmet off like i think that would have been he may have been more warm to that than like hey don't take your helmet off because once again he has no control of that and even if you do say an actor has you know some say in the matter at this neither of us have been involved in a scale of this production being the main character as well as you know paramount probably has their grip pretty tightly on the production considering this is their hail mary from the very beginning so who knows how much control he actually has i i think it's unfair and he's also not a big name it's unfair to say that he has any kind of pull i mean maybe he does maybe he doesn't so i don't know not taking his full side i think the show is still shit at the end of the day but you know no yeah i can agree with that too i can agree with the sentiment but i'm just like he said that he wants to do everything he possibly can to make Halo fans happy on all ends. It's literally what the post says. So if you're going to accept criticism, you got to accept criticism from all the people, even if it's dumb criticism. Just be like, okay. <laughs> I think okay would be a better answer instead of just being like, not my problem, bye. Like, it just seems dismissive to me, you know? It's, it's not so though. much... It's true. It is fair. Um, but it it is certainly dismissive, and it shows that possibly he doesn't care. It's just fake words to make himself more popular. I don't know. No, but, I think, I think he legitimately cares, but I, but I also think he's having to do, he's had his probable fill of like, Oh, Halo of fanboys. I'm sure. I mean, it's of totally Halo fanboys, which is fucking gamer yeah. fanboys are the worst. I know I'm one of them as far as it goes for Halo. Um, yeah, a little but, bit. but, but I, okay. I wonder, I wonder what they'll do. I wonder what the next season will hold. It's not going to come I mean, out for another two years. So apparently they're saying it did well, which I don't know how much I believe, but uh, yeah, whatever. We'll if see, they come we'll out of the season two, I, I, I think I would care just as much if it came out of the season two, as much as I cared about, they came out of the season one. Let me just wrap up with a couple more quick tech things. Um, Windows is now compatible on the steam deck. So welcome to the world of a portable switch computer experience. Yeah, PSP had it way back in the day. I know, but what I'm saying is, cool, we finally got a switch PC. Yeah. I mean, which truly, is uh, pretty dank. That is super dank. Um yeah, you could do that back in the day with a PSP and you could do that back in the day with like an old Android phone, you know? And a uh, DS and the Windows phone. <laughs> And the DS and the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy and the first generation Game Boy now. And that weird console that you saw at GameStop that had phone numbers on the side. Oh, God. Don't you know what I'm talking about? Right? Yeah. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> don't remind me of that horrid thing. I kind of want to look that up. I wonder if people have a picture of that. Well, um, I have one last topic. So wrap up your tech stuff and I'll I'll hit on a, a topic I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, okay. So another cool little thing is that uh, Google. Not Mess- a dick way. Wrap it up. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, we only got like ten minutes in the podcast. So um, Google Messages is riddled with ads, apparently, which is like Google's answer to iMessage, where they're using a network client. Um, this actually is kind of interesting because it might 
if they can get this right, this is in the test market in India right now. And it's supposed to kind of replace the uh, WeChat apps and uh, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? A lot of people use Instagram or Facebook Messenger because it's using a network peer to send messages, or network protocol to send messages. So Google Messages has its uh, like beta out in India, but apparently it's riddled with ads. Like everybody, there's, there's a bunch of screenshots coming out of a bunch of people's text threads, and there's just fucking, it's just blatant ads. It's so scary. Gross. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to fix that, but obviously it's not out here, so they're trying to work the bugs out. But like, damn, dude, why? What the fuck? At least Apple doesn't put ads. I mean, I get spam texts and shit still, but they're usually regular text messages. I don't really get spam iMessages, thank God. Yeah, that'd be annoying. It'd be super annoying. Uh, More tech. Fucking PlayStation Plus. The new PlayStation Plus. They finally, like, released a trailer to try to simplify Essential and Premium and Platinum. Yeah. Which is, like, I think the three tiers. So, cool. Are you going to do the Platinum tier? Uh, I don't think right off the bat because the initial old school classic games they have available are it's not that extensive. It's only like kind of weird choices here and there. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they plan on releasing more. So maybe once you got Beautiful Joe or something, I'll I'll pop into that. It, but I'm definitely going to go at least mid tier. So that I way think- I can download some. That's the one that's basically the Xbox Game Pass recurrent. Right. Correct. Games. Yeah. I think I'm going to stay on Essential for PlayStation Plus, and instead, I'm going to take money that I would be spending on the premium subscription and put that towards a really, really nice um, component to HDMI adapter and buy a a set of component cables for my PS2. Okay. Because I, I miss playing the PS2, and obviously, you've seen my collection. It's quite the collection, thanks to Richard and a couple of other friends who have like donated games, probably including you. Uh, although recently we didn't I, go through I'm the games pretty, and you took them back. I think you took back what's what was yours. Yeah, and also I'm not I'm not happy that you probably have more PlayStation 2 games than me. It makes me sad. Yeah, it's just kind of like a culmination. But um, to, to ease your mind a little bit and maybe help you feel better, a lot of them don't work. So. Nope. Um, yep. That's good. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that last little piece of tech news is that the Pebble... Do you remember the Pebble smartwatch? Yeah. That was a cool little fucking device. For anybody who doesn't know, the Pebble smartwatch was like the first smartwatch that uses that used an e-ink, e-ink. I guess is how you say it. Fuck. And um, basically, what it would do is it was like a paper ink, kind of like a Kindle tablet. So it barely used any battery. Apparently, they're working on a phone. Really? Yeah, and they're gonna try to make it like the smallest but most powerful and well-equipped Android phone ever. That's. Cool. I mean, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Go for it. Yep. Um, I just got a couple more things. Uh, North Korea has COVID. That sucks. Good for them. Good for them. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, Multiverses, the video game. Oh, my God. Did you watch the trailer for that? Yeah, I did. Oh, I actually sent that to a couple of people. Um, I'm oddly like kind of down for it. Yeah, especially since it's free. Fuck yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's going to be like paid paid dlc but come on I, yeah or like a Fortnite kind of tier system type shit but you know i saw shaggy do the fucking meme of you know are you challenging me and then fucking deck bugs bunny in the face i was like okay i kind of sold on this uh that's fun the steven the amount of universe voice actors. is in there yeah like uh all the steven universe people are in there and then the fucking 
uh, goes on and on. There's the Adventure Time people in there. Um, all the Scooby Doo characters. Warner Brothers. Warner it's Brothers. All Warner Brothers. It's all Warner Brothers properties. But uh, Iron Giant. But all the voice actors are fucking legit. Like yep. Kevin Conroy, Batman, Matthew Lord, Shaggy, um, and just you know across the board. Got some. You got all the original voice actors for these characters. So John DiMaggio, uh, Jake from Adventure Time. Yep, the kid from Steven Universe, the kid from um, fucking Adventure Time, all of those Scooby-Doo uh, people. I, I'm not sure. The Iron if, Giant. I don't know if it's Bruce Will or I don't know if it's Vin Diesel or not, but. I, I mean, you don't really need it to be, but also like that also kind of sold me at the end when he's like super bad. I was like, oh, like it's, this thing made me emotionally feel something. Ew. <laughs> yeah. You. Anyway, speaking um, of you, Amber Heard. Have you heard? Oh, hold on. <laughs> but. uh the multiverse is, I don't know if the voice for Harley Quinn is the original voice actress or the new one for the Harley Quinn show. Probably it is Sarah one. Strong. Oh, okay. No, it's a, it's Sarah Strong. She's the OG Harley Quinn voice. So Tara, yeah. Tara Strong? Tara Strong? Yeah, she's been a, a voice actor in a lot of things. Yeah, she's Timmy Turner and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Amber Heard, have you heard? Yeah, uh, I heard that Johnny Depp's lawyer just absolutely Floored fucking decimated her. her. A lot of people, like I, still, I still see so many spam people like in the live chat of every day um, being like, oh, you guys are just like fucking blinded. Johnny Depp's the one and, you know, at fault. Okay. He probably did a lot of bad shit and it's like on video that he does, he's kind of has violent tendencies, but at the end of the day, there's no proof. And it's like, well, that's it. That's so, how the judicial system works. But um, I think Johnny Depp's lawyer caught Amber Heard in more lies than anybody else throughout this whole trial. I think it really exposed Amber Heard's true colors. So God, she was so fucking like the lawyer was so powerful. Like she knew right. every little fucking line coming out. Amber Heard's team was not prepared for people, it like at all. Right. People are like how, you know, Amber Heard is all is the victim here. And I'm like, well, you can tell from Amber's disposition. You can tell from the questions that her loyal lawyers ask her and ask Johnny Depp. And when they did the cross examination, the biggest difference for me is that Johnny Depp's legal team seems to know how to lay a foundation, act on the foundation, and then provide evidence. They're doing it right. Um, yeah. They almost never get, yeah, very officially, they almost never get called on hearsay or, um, or uh, uh, foundation. They don't really get called on a lot of things. Um, so, I mean, to me, it just shows like, yeah, you can have, you know, an opinion on somebody or you can have your opinion on the way that the situation went. But the evidence that Johnny's team was providing was just way too fucking on the nose. And like, like Camille would ask a question, Amber would answer and then she'd catch her in her lie by showing her the evidence. And I'm like, wow, this is like yes. great. And for the past three days, all Amber Heard's legal team has been doing has been showing video depositions from like the past like two, three, four years. It's such a fucking sad attempt. It's like y'all are just running down your court time at this point. And um, Amber Heard's lawyer tried asking a question about an ENT that Amber Heard uh, supposedly went and saw. And Johnny's team kept trying, she kept trying to say, w would it be like, would it be valid to say, or something along those lines over and over. I literally screen recorded some of this because it was, she just kept trying, John, uh, Amber Heard's lawyer just kept trying to say the same thing over. Would it be fair to say, or uh, to your knowledge, if any, 
can you remember if any, can you recall if any, that's what it was, if any, can you recall if any, can you remember if any, and the judge is literally like, that's not a catch-all, because they kept getting called on hearsay, or kept getting, you know, objected on hearsay, and the judge just kept being, like, sustained, and fucking Amber, Amber Heard's lawyer was like, it's a catch-all, and the judge is like, it's literally not a catch-all, it's not a catch-all to say, um, whatever the fuck I said, I already forgot what the phrase was, but... Um, she kept doing it over and over again. And, and, and finally they're trying to talk about this ENT, this ear, nose and throat doctor and, um, Johnny's legal team keep, you know, objecting and they are finally like, okay, like just approach whatever. And so they approach and it's literally like a five minute approach and they fucking come back. The mics turn back on and then the legal team, Amber's legal team, they're like, okay, you can ask the question. It's okay. Go ahead and ask the question. And the, and the legal team was like, no, thir- no further questions, Your Honor. It's like, what the fuck? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I, if it, I don't know if it counts against their court time showing these video depositions, but I sure fucking hope so. You know what? I'm gonna go little conspiracy theory here, and I'm curious to see what you think. Um, I know Disney has fucking spaced themselves from Johnny Depp um, because of the whole thing that's going down. But at the same time, do you feel like maybe Disney slipped like a really good lawyer to Johnny Depp because the fucking gap between amber heard's lawyers and giant depths is so phenomenal no like I, no i i don't, I, I, I could totally like consp- like whether this is real or not i don't give a shit but like i could totally believe disney's like all right we're gonna say we're pretty much done with you but also we're gonna dig you out of this hole because you represent a lot of our foundation for like parts of the caribbean and our disney rides and shit so and we're also gonna make this public so that way the entire world can get on your side about this uh, no, I don't think that's a conspiracy theory at all. I think what happened is Amber Heard tried saying, I don't want anything to do with Johnny Depp anymore, and then went ahead and sued him. And he tried countersuing, and now she's countersuing. So it's just, it's a legal pissing contest. I think Johnny Depp's lawyers are inquisitively better because the evidence is stacked up against Amber because she was the abuser. She was the primary abuser, and there's still no evidence that Johnny hit her. There's these weird, like, pictures of her with quote-unquote marks and how her cheeks were swollen. And Johnny Depp's lawyers was like, you edited this picture. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yep, that's the same fucking angle. It's the same picture. One's just cropped in and has the saturation turned up. It's the saddest attempt I've ever seen. And I hope this opens the door to a realization that there is such thing And this is not just, okay, I'm a fucking white male saying this, okay? So take this with a grain of salt, um, as you would with any white male saying or words that come out of my mouth or other white people's mouths, is that uh, this is a showcase of toxic femininity. And I'm only saying that because that's what my sister Bria said and that's what my girlfriend Rose said, is that this is a showcase of toxic femininity. At first, Rose and I talked about the trial and Rose was like, I'm not sure where to stand. They both seem like bad people. We obviously don't know Johnny Depp, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, this is all very true. But what you can tell is that there is a narcissist in the relationship. There is a certain abuser and that this is about tracking down and proving that, you know, Amber Heard was a nasty person, which is just the truth. And yeah. um, the judicial system, the reason why Johnny Depp's, you know, lawyers and legal team are so good is because they have relevant evidence. They know how to propose a case. They know how to lay a foundation. They know how to ask the questions and then provide the evidence. They do everything right. Amber Heard's lawyers are trying to twist the story to fit their narrative to be convenient to them. And it is 
fucking biting them in the ass so hard. It's such a fun... I normally am not into this kind of shit. It bores the crap out of me. I haven't watched the trial in the past two, three days because it's just been constant um, video depositions from Amber's team that I could give two shits about. People who are literally saying the same thing, people we've never heard of, they never really even state these people's names before they start the video deposition. All the questions are one-sided because they all come from uh, Amber Heard's lawyers. They say, oh yeah, the first segment is Johnny Depp's lawyers asking this witness questions. And they give us like two minutes of that. And then the rest of the hour and 30 minutes or four hours in some cases is just the legal team, Amber's legal team uh, asking the questions. And it's very one-sided. It's very blatant. And I think they're just running the clock up. So by the time um, they're out of time, they're like, they can just be like, sorry, Amber, we're out of time. Because I think they realize they've already lost with how powerful the cross-examination day was. I think they know they lost. Yeah, they she utterly got they, fucked. They keep showing the same evidence over and over again. There's no new evidence from them. And they keep showing, like I said, video depositions from people we don't know, that people are not recognizable. They really don't have a powerful say. Um, whereas Johnny Depp has live witnesses there in the courtroom, seven police officers, three paramedics, um, doctors, lawyers, psychologists, fucking you name it, dude. It just goes on and on and on. And it's, it's, it's just an obvious attempt of Amber Heard trying to, um, she, she's just a narcissist. And unfortunately I think she has mental issues and, and you know, who doesn't. And, you know, I definitely can feel bad for her on that line, but this is a grave that she digged for herself. She could have settled out of court. Like, like she quote unquote wanted to. And then she countersued for $10 million. There's evidence that she never, there's evidence that she never donated the $7 million that she won from the UK trial, all this kind of shit. So it's yeah, very sketchy. Start- her her end of the deal is very sketchy. In- incredibly so, and I think it's um, it's I think it's interesting because I I heard uh, I was watching I think Phil DeFranco yesterday, and it was lightly mentioned as like, you know, why is this the top news thing compared to like you know Ukraine and a bunch of other shit going down? And I'm like, yeah, there there's definitely more important things to listen to but at the same time this court case it does a few things one it is representing that it's not just women that could be the abuse that could be the abused in a relationship um guys can just as easily be abused and to have you know and to have a, a high profile court case kind of reflect that out loud to everybody is a very you know important thing to kind of stress to everybody because you know in the future if anything happens you're like yo johnny depp was abused or blah blah second of all it's incredible uh this does kind of go into the entertainment factor i guess and i i would say i'm actually more entertained by the lawyers than i am johnny depp or amber heard in the sense that like right is a fucking battle of wits you know there's so many fucking things we watch on tv where it's like you know sports match you know battle brawn whatever but like this is the most impressive fucking like checkmating shit like i've ever seen honestly like it's, it is so incredibly impressive to see someone just outsmart and just back yeah. people in the corners constantly it's it is so impressive and i think it's good to show that something i think it's i think in a fucked up way it's good people are into such a intellectually stimulating thing right now yeah i agree i think it's also just because you get to kind of sit there and you get to pretend you're in the jury and you can kind of come to your own conclusions on who's lying and who's telling the truth. And that's a very fun aspect of it as well. I think it's fucking hilarious that they, I like, I don't think there's a single person out, a single person out there that does not believe Johnny Depp fucking snorts Coke, 
but the amount of inability to prove any ounce of that has completely backfired in Amber Heard like entirely. Yep. <laughs> like, do I, think, do I think Johnny Depp's a coke addict or that he snorts coke? Absolutely. Look at the guy. But it's, <laughs> at the yeah. other point, because she can't prove it, she's now the negative. It's not just that. I mean, they caught her in different lies, like in one of the video, one of the oh, audio no, but recordings. That's the most obvious. That's like one of the more obvious things of like, you know, it's not even that necessary, but they took the time to just like, they took three minutes to just fucking cripple her in that scenario. Uh, and then just moved on to the next thing. Like, it's just it's crazy. Um, yeah. Well, last little topic is that the Orville is coming out with a season three. Cool. Did you ever watch that show? I watched like two episodes with you. Oh, cool. Not for you. Not a Seth MacFarlane kind of guy. Yeah. What's very weird is that that show is great. <laughs> it's surprisingly good. And that's honestly, what I've heard. And I've, I've heard it's more faithful Star Trek than the current yes, Star Trek. Yes. It is a better Star Trek than most of the new Star Trek series. Absolutely. Um, speaking of sci-fi, uh, I, and I'm sorry, I, I, I know it's over an hour here. Do you mind if we go a little bit longer? Let's just I, go. Let's go. A lot of topic. So Dr. Who. Yeah, who? Uh, yeah, exactly. I've I've mentioned before that I, I like Doctor Who quite a bit. Uh, I would probably say I love it. But I kind of fell off after Peter Capaldi right at the beginning of Jodie Whittaker. <sighs> Main reason being was that I was not excited for the guy who was helming the show, the showrunner, because the all the episodes he directed for like Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi were always the weakest episodes. And then also... The Peter Capaldi, as much as I, sorry, I'm going to be very small neck bottled here for people that know this. Uh, Peter Capaldi, although is an incredibly good actor, his season really fucking fell off like hard. And so by hmm. by the time that Doctor Who was announced to be a, a woman coming in, I was pretty much already looking for a reason to get off. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to kind of stop watching here. But they announced a new Doctor is coming out. A, uh, black flamboyant gentleman i i don't know if he's full gay or anything like that but he was in such a he was in a british show called sex education and he seems to be like really funny i watched a few clips from it and i was like wow this guy's hilarious and he has an energy that i'm completely 100 excited about to see him in doctor who that's um, fucking awesome that's a like, good he's, change up. he's on the red carpet and he's wearing like super fucking loud like crazy outfits that are just going out of nowhere it kind of like little nos a little bit and I'm like, yes, I'm so down for this kind of energy to be in Doctor Who. But so then I was like, okay. And also they're bringing back Russell T. Davies, who was the guy who originally uh, revitalized Doctor Who, like in the 2000s. He's the guy who had David Tennant. He's the one who had Christopher Eccleston. Um, he brought it back to life. And so I was like, fuck yeah, I love this writer. Since he's coming back, I now want to hop back on a Doctor Who. So I was like, okay, let me watch the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who all the way through finally i finished the first season she's in i'm on i think the third episode of her second season which she leaves after her second season uh obviously because the new one's coming out but she's actually those seasons are actually pretty damn good um they're not mind-blowing or anything like that but she does a fantastic job um all the side people everyone in the show does a good job there's only a few instances here and there where i'm like okay this is like dumb writing but it's not as bad as i thought um and I actually end up enjoying her season more than I did the the Capaldi one I was talking about earlier. So I'm I was 
I feel like an asshole for not just watching it. And also, I know she got like a whole bunch of shit and she's like, I feel like I ruined something. And I'm like, no, she did a great job. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, I also wasn't in the right headspace to continue watching Doctor Who at that time. So I'm, I'm glad I'm being reintroduced to a show I love. I plan on rewatching the entire series before the new Doctor comes out, where I'll then uh, hopefully appreciate their new take to it. And they're possibly bringing back David Tennant for like a little special, Fuck which yeah. would be awesome because I love David Tennant. He's my favorite Doctor. Fuck yeah, man. That's all good news. Thank God. See, revitalization can work, but it just needs to be thorough. I think that's the fucking key. Comes down to Halo, comes down to the video games we've talked about, Star Wars, all these things. If they can just just be original and reintroduce in a different way, like that is the fucking way to go. Are you aware of the revitalization for Doctor Who? Well, yeah, because like the show's originally from the 60s. Right, so... I think the smartest thing they've ever fucking done, like it was almost a fucking all these, what are they called? Prequel boots now or not prequel sequel boots, sequels, the sequels, yeah. Yeah, but where it's basically like a reboot and a sequel, like uh star Wars and shit, man, these motherfuckers pretending like they did something new, but doctor who did it fucking back in early 2000s. Oh yeah. Cause, cause it starts off at a modern point where you don't have to know shit about doctor who. Like, I didn't know shit about Doctor Who when I first started watching it. I love the show, but it's still connected. Everything that happened in the older episodes is still canon. You know, a few uh, contradictions here and there, but, like, everything is still canon. And I'm like, that's fucking, this is how you do it. It made, I loved what was currently given to me, and it gave me a chance to go back, but I, I did not have to. God, so good. Ah, sorry, I'm a, I'm do a you still have your, again. Do you still have your sonic screwdriver that, like, turns on your TV? Uh, I think the battery's dead on it like i've charged it and it doesn't hold a battery or like turn on tv anymore but i still have it it's still a replica of david Tennant's sonic screwdriver so i still like having it there you go yeah uh yeah so love dr who again yep well fuck yeah that was a great episode um thanks for listening to the empty glass podcast everybody we want to remind you guys to go to www.theemptyglasspodcast.com um that way you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify all over the fucking place that's not just twitch if you're listening on the already i'm sorry for plugging it but instead let me just say give us a follow and uh we'll be back next week daryl we know <laughs> you have you just say daryl did you say daryl Stephen, please daryl we know you haven't been brushing your teeth. Mama told you you have to brush your teeth or else you have to pay for the dentist yourself. So make sure you go in there. Two minutes. Front, back. Swish around the water. Get your tongue. And then use that special mouthwash, buddy. Come on. Don't have time for this. I'll wait. Bye, guys. I'm still waiting, Daryl. <laughs>